Welcome to the Kapow Radio Show. Yep. Today's date is May 27th, 2019. Yay. We're going to continue with Ezra. I just love this book, Miss Kapow. Yes, it's very good. Very enlightening. And to think, you know, that it was written like 400 years before John the Baptist even came on scene. That is amazing, isn't it? Yeah. And written 2,400 years, approximately, before us talking about it. Praise Just amazing stuff. And, and what, what I find is the, uh, the biblical ties, especially New Testament mm-hmm. authors, to this book. It's just uh, amazing. I've learned so much. I hope well, that's the, what it lends uh, the credibility. Yes, absolutely. To the message. Absolutely, you know. And, um, you know, like I said before, you know, I, I'm not going to even pretend that I know everything there is to know. Um, but, you know, we, we work it out together and kind of read it. And then it's like the Lord will prompt a scripture and say this is that, you know, it reminds me of this. And I look at it and go, that's exactly, you know, mm-hmm. what Paul wrote or what Christ said. Or or like last week, there was a lot of book of revelation in there because the whole thing is prophetic. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the spirit of Christ is prophecy. Mm-hmm. You know, we know that. It's just amazing. So we're going to continue today in 4th Ezra, right? Or 2nd Ezra's. Or the opposite, or vice versa. I forget. Anyway. I think it's the fourth book of Ezra. Fourth Ezra. Yeah. That's what I've been calling it, the second Ezra's. And uh, so this is probably the seventh or eighth. It's chapter seven. Yeah. Uh, seven, yeah, chapter seven on it. Now, when we first did this show, I started in this chapter because I had started reading this book and I... I was reading this stuff about the narrow place and about the tribulation here on earth. And um, I said, oh, I got to share this. And so I did a show basically on, um, you know, the the small gate, finding Christ. And and I had had done that. So here I am back to chapter 7. And and what happened before is when I did that show, I was only going to do that one show. But I said, this is so good. I want to go from the very beginning and just do the whole book. Mm-hmm. And that's what I started doing from chapter one. Well, now I'm back to chapter seven where I had originally started. But I'm not, it's not really, a. am going to repeat some of the stuff because, you know, the content's there. But there's more that I have than I did, I think, in that first show. Right. So um, if you heard that first show, some things will sound a little familiar, but that's okay because it's all in content. Context. It's always good to have review. Yeah. And this is a big chapter. There's a lot to it. We're only going to probably get, Lord willing, to verse 25. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sipping coffee. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's get going. Chapter 7 in Second Ezra. I'm sorry, in 4th Ezra. Starts off. He says, when I had finished speaking these words, the angel who had been sent to me on the former nights was sent to me again. And he said to me, rise, Ezra, and listen to the words that I have come to speak to you. And I said, speak, my Lord. And he said to me, there is a sea 
set in a wide expanse so that it is broad and vast. Hmm. But it has an entrance set in a narrow place so that it's like a river. If anyone then wishes to reach the sea, to look at it or to navigate it, how could he come to the broad part unless he passes through the narrow part? Hmm. So this uh, goes with Christ saying that the gate, the way, the path is small and narrow. Mm-hmm. And few find it. Now, the outer world, not the, not the God-created world, not the heavenlies, but the outer world, the satanic matrix that we live in here, is broad. And Christ says there's many who walk that. Mm. See? But there's only a few. Later on in this chapter, we're going to find out just how precious the few who have faith in God through the Messiah, just how precious those people are to God. Mm-hmm. They're like gold. They're like the precious metals to him. Whereas the rest of the world is like clay and lead because they're not, they're not precious. They, everybody has the opportunity to see God. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Nature mm-hmm. itself demands it. Mm-hmm. But we as humans willingly willingly reject the truth and reject his laws. And there'll become a time where God's patience and his compassion for his creation will end. And then it'll just be pure, pure judgment Mm -hmm. on what people did with that truth. Scary. Yeah, it is scary. And we happen to believe wholeheartedly that this is true and Mm -hmm. that this life that we're living here on this world is in fact a satanic lie. It's a puppet show. Amen. That the real world where we where we come from, where our spirit longs to be, our real home, which we will strive to get there through Christ. Yes, amen. Is the is the actual real reality for eternity. Mm-hmm. We believe that wholeheartedly, and because of that worldview, you look at things differently. So when the angel tells Ezra here, there's a sea, it's, it's a wide expanse, it's broad advance, but the entrance to that place is narrow. It's like a river. You're going to see later on that this parable or this analogy, the sea is like the kingdom of God. It's wide, not in the sense that it belongs to the world. It's wide because it's it's heavenly. It's it's safe. Mm-hmm. But how to get there is not easy. No, it's like a little river. It's very narrow. And in Matthew, <coughs> excuse me, chapter seven, verse thirteen and fourteen, Jesus says, "Enter ye into the straight gate." Straight means small or narrow. To to pillars on either side. Enter ye into the straight gate, for wide is the other gate, and broad is the other way that leadeth to destruction. That's the matrix. Mm -hmm. And many there be which go in thereat. There's a lot of humans that take the easy path of the world. 
because Jesus says, narrow or straight is the gate, and, and narrow is that way, that entryway, which leads to life. To get eternal life, that, that you just don't say a prayer and boom, you're done. Mm-mm. Your character has to change. That's right. Your character has to put on the righteousness of Christ. You live in a world where there is tribulation. We are in the great tribulation. The great tribulation isn't some fictional seven-year period that these books and movies put together or the Darby Bible. It's That's not doctrine. This great tribulation is this probationary prison planet that we're in now. Mm-hmm. Most people don't even realize that. So if they don't even realize they're in prison, they don't realize they're in a great tribulation, they don't realize they're in a proving ground. And so because of that, they've already lost. Mm. Yeah. So Jesus says, narrow is the way which leads to life. Well, what's the opposite of that? Death. Death. The broad way leads to death. And Christ says, and few there be that find it. Mm. So Jesus says himself that to get to eternal life is not easy. It's a narrow small place, and few will find it. I pray that those listening today are all part of the few. Yes, amen, yes. Now remember, once again, I'm going to remind you, this book of Ezra that I'm reading was written 400 years before Christ stepped on scene. Yet Christ uses the same concept in his language. Hmm. So verse 5 says, if anyone then wishes to reach the sea, to look at it or navigate it, how can he come to the broad part unless he pass through the narrow part? Mm -hmm. Another example, he says, is about a city that's built and set on a plain. It is full of good things, but the entrance to it is narrow and it's set in a very precipitous place very dangerous so that there is there's fire on the right hand and there's deep water on the left you slip your it's over with mm-hmm. and there's only one path lying between them that's there's one path between the fire and the water so that only one man can walk upon that path if if now that city is given to a man for inheritance, like, oh, man, this is great. It's yours now. How is he going to get there? How is the heir going to receive his inheritance unless he passes through the danger set before him? Right? Kind of reminds me of that one scripture. I don't remember exactly where it is, but it says that um, a man alone will be his, um, responsible for his salvation through Christ. Yeah. And I mean, I, it's like you can't go on, you can't receive salvation because your grandparents were good or because they belonged to a church or because they were saved. That doesn't ensure your salvation. You yourself have to come to repentance through Christ and, um, re- and be redeemed yourself. It's a personal journey. Amen. Amen. You cannot be born into it. Yes, you have to receive it and... and, and Paul writes, 
I believe it's in Philippians, to work out our salvation. Mm-hmm. We have to work it out. It's it's not, you don't get saved and it's happy clappy and all your, your troubles go away. It's just the opposite. Mm-mm. As your eyes open and you start seeing the demonic world around you and the realities that you're living in a satanic puppet show with cartoons all around you, you, you have to really work out not only how to do your spiritual warfare, but how to be an overcomer in mm-hmm. this world. Because the seductions are great, right, Ms. Kapow? That's right. They're really great. Oh, yeah. So this is the, the second part. First, he says the sea, and it's narrow to get there. And now he's talking about this great city. And if you inherit this beautiful city built, it's full of very great things. How are you going to get to it? Because it's very hard. It's very narrow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. I got a note. Give me my note. Hey. <laughs> oh. It says um, about narrow, a straight. It was just that I used the Greek word. It's stenos, which is probably uh, from the base of 2476. It means narrow from obstacles standing close about. Mm. That's what I had a note for about that example. And um, so it's so narrow and so dangerous, only one man can walk upon that path. And it's like you just said, Miss Capel, you can't you can't be raised in church or because your grandma was a Christian, you know, mm-hmm. um, or, or you, you went to church when you were younger. You, you said the Lord's Prayer one time at Calvary Chapel. You know, you, you, this, it's a walk mm-hmm. and it's a relationship with God. And it's about your character being changed yeah. where you are doing the commandments of God out of your character now. Because you're no longer that sinful, evil creature that desired all those abominable things. Yeah, amen. In Philippians, this is the scripture I was talking about. In Philippians chapter 2, 12 through 13, it says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, mm-hmm. work out your own salvation yeah. with fear and trembling. It's nothing to be taken lightly. Nope. Mm-mm. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Amen. God wants to work in you, God things. Mm-hmm. We have to work out our own salvation. Yep. That's why we need to submit and yield to the Holy Spirit. Amen. So Ezra answers the angel and says, he answers this question about, hey, how can this guy get his inheritance unless he passes through the danger? I mean, how is he going to get there? So Ezra says, he cannot, Lord. And he said to me, so also is Israel's portion. Israel's portion. He's talking about the portion that you're here and they were here on this prison planet. And we are here on this prison planet. He says, for I made the world for their sake. Okay, now I want you, I don't want you, 
in your head to think of Israel, the nation state in the Middle East right now. I want you to think of Israel where there's no barrier, there's no Jew or Gentile, and we're all Israel in the sight of God. Mm -hmm. Israel is God's people, whether you're Jew or Gentile, Greek or barbarian. In Mm -hmm. Christ, there's no barriers. It's not about ethnicity at all, at all. Israel's portion, you should be Israel, I should be Israel. Hopefully we are. Mm -hmm. We're all one. Yes. We are one in God through Christ. If we're heirs, then we're sons. He's given us the ability to become the sons of God. So the angel says, for I made the world for their sake. Now, I talked about this last week. When the angel talks, he's a messenger of God, and he talks in the first person in behalf of God. For I made the world for their sake, and when Adam transgressed my statutes, what had been made was judged. Mm-hmm. So let's stop there. Genesis 3.17 says, And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, Cursed is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of your life. It's a prison planet. It's a tribulation. We're on probation. Let me continue. And so the entrances of this world were made narrow and sorrowful and toilsome. They are few and evil full of dangers, and involved in great hardships. Just like in Acts, where it says, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Through many tribulations, the proving ground. I think a lot of people have the concept that you're a Christian and none of this stuff's supposed to, to bother you or touch you, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, these things are for our purpose, for our growth. No evil thing's going to enter into heaven. We we have to prove that sin is no longer part of us. That's right. Yeah. Our character actually has changed. It's the fruit. We it's have exactly, to have fruit. Exactly. Fruit. And it's all, yeah, all about the fruit, the character. And I had mentioned earlier Romans about uh, being heirs of God, joint heirs of, of Christ we're in uh, John. It says we have the, uh, given us the dunamis, the power to become son, sons of God. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Why we're down here? We have the powers to, to do that. We work out our own salvation. So in Ezra, he's saying these troubles are, are, are the, 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 the. I'm sorry. The the paths, the narrow path to that salvation is the few and evils, full of dangers, fallen great hardships. In Romans 8, 17, and 25, it says, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. See, if we're his children, then we're heirs, right? Right. And then we're joint heirs with Christ. If so be, here's the caveat. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Amen, yes. There's no, there's no 
inheriting the city without the trials, Mm -hmm. without passing this probation. Mm -hmm. Paul says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Yep. And we are not greater than our master, and if Jesus suffered, then we must suffer as well. Amen. It's all scriptural. It's it just what we're we're teaching here out of Ezra isn't just some it's not some Gnostic book. It's not just some story. This is where the New Testament writers got it. Christ himself, our Lord himself, used the same content in his speech. Why? Because it's the same inspired speech. And Paul continues in Romans, For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who have subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered Mm -hmm. from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. This is huge. For we know that the whole creation groaneth, it travaileth in pain together until now. It's still, we're still, even creation's under probation. Mm -hmm. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves. Yep. Why? Because we're waiting for the adoption. Amen. To wit, the redemption of our body. Right? The redemption of our body so we can get back into our spiritual tent. Mm-hmm. We get out of this flesh suit. Get out of this prison. For we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. If I can see the, the new Jerusalem right now, the new heavens, well, then I, I, I it's not hope because I can see it. Mm-hmm. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for what we see not, then we do with patience wait for it. That's right. Okay? Mm-hmm. 7.13. 13. But the entrances of the greater world, now he's talking about the satanic matrix that were, that, I'm, I'm sorry, he is not talking about the satanic matrix that we're in. The greater world is his greater world. In this context, his greater world is our eternal life. Mm -hmm. The entrances of the greater world are broad and safe and really yield the fruit of immortality. Yeah, the fruit that's um, mentioned in Revelation 2.7 says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will grant to eat the tree of life, which is the paradise of which is in the paradise of God. And 22.14 says, Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter by the gates into the city. Amen. See, and, and it's, it's, it's broad because you're already there. You're already in paradise and it's safe. Amen. But to get there, it's hard and treacherous mm-hmm. and narrow and few make it. So now you're starting to see the picture. You don't just wake up one day and go, ah, you know, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Also, a Revelation 22, 2 through 4 says, In the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was there the tree of life. Mm-hmm. And it bare 12 manner of fruit and yielded her fruit every month. 
And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations, and there shall be no more curse. Amen. What does that go back to? Genesis Mm -hmm. 3.17 that I just read. But the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. That's That's the goal. Mm -hmm. Right? So the messenger continues with Ezra and says, in verse 14, therefore, unless the living pass through the difficult and vain experiences, they can never receive those things that have been reserved for them. Yep. So this message here, this particular gospel message that we're reading to you from 4th Ezra is totally different than today's current prosperity gospel is it not? Mm-hmm. It's totally different from uh, like Joel Osteen, uh, his happy, clappy, you know, thank God it's Friday sermons and books. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to be okay. God wants to make you successful. Yep. Seven steps for God's healing in your life, right? All the magic nonsense that doesn't work. Here's how it works. Unless you pass through the difficult, vain experiences, which means those empty, hard experiences, you can never receive what God has for you. Nope. And Revelation 12, 11 says that we overcame him, Satan, because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life even when faced with death. It overcome. Mm-hmm. That's how they got there. And in Romans eight seventeen eighteen, 18, it says... And if children, then heirs, heirs with God, join heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with him, that we also may be glorified together. Mm -hmm. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. It almost sounds like Paul knew 2 Ezra very well. Mm -hmm. Right? Right? Verse 15, but now why are you disturbed, Ezra, seeing that you are to perish? You know, why, why are you concerned? Because see, Ezra's question uh, back in chapter 6 last week, his question was, you know, if you created all of this stuff for us, for Israel at the time, God's chosen people, why are we under Babylonian captivity? Mm-hmm. That was his big question. Why? Why are we being destroyed by uh, a people that don't follow your covenant and are not your people? That was his big, you know, question in the last chapter. Like I said before, it's a great book because he's he asks a lot of questions that we would want to ask. Mm-hmm. Or didn't to, think of like, didn't think oh yeah, of, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you tell him, you 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 get him as. Um, How many of you remember the story contained in the book of Acts, chapter 19, where there were seven sons of Sceva, and they were trying to cast out a demon because they saw the apostle Paul doing great miracles through God. So they tried to do the same thing. So they go up to this guy who's demon-possessed, and they say, we adjure you by this Jesus whom Paul preaches to come out. Yeah. And guess what the evil spirit did? The evil spirit answered them and said to them, hey, I recognize Jesus and I know about Paul, but who are you? 
And guess what? The man that had the demons jumped on him, beat the heck out of him, subdued him, overpowered him, and they literally fled out of the house naked and wounded. Wow. Guess why? Guess why? Because they did not go to Amazon.com and buy Demons in My Marriage Bed. A true story of spiritual warfare. The book is not about you being married or single. The book is about dealing with demonic forces. And you need to know how to do that today more than you ever have for your own life and for those around you. The book is a training manual and there's training in there that will teach you how not to be the sons of Sceva and get beat up by demons. It will give you the tools for you to be recognized by them because they'll know that you're exercising the authority that is given to you through Christ. You need to get this book. So he says, so Angel says, but now why are you disturbed seeing that you are to perish? And why are you moved seeing that you are mortal? And why have you not considered in your mind what is to come rather than what is now present? In other words, get out of the horizontal plane that you're at and start looking vertical. Yep. In 2 Corinthians 4.18, it says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And so we should keep our eyes on the eternal. Mm. Be eternal-minded. Amen. Very good one. Very good. And then I answered and said, O sovereign Lord, behold, thou hast ordained in thy law that the righteous shall inherit these things but that the ungodly shall perish. The righteous, therefore, can endure difficult circumstances while hoping for easier ones. But those who have done wickedly have suffered the difficult circumstances and will not see the easier ones. That's very much like the story in Luke about the rich man and Lazarus. Um, It reads here, Now there was a rich man, and he habitually dressed in purple and fine linen, Joyously, joyously living in splendor every day. And a poor man named Lazarus was laid at his gate, covered with sores, and longing to be fed with crumbs which were falling from the rich man's table. Besides, even the dogs were coming and licking his sores. Now the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. In Hades he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and saw Abraham far away and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and see Lazarus so that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool off my tongue, for I am in agony in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your life you received good things, and likewise Lazarus bad things, but now he is being comforted here and you are in agony. Yes. Tells it all. In Proverbs 2, 21, 22, it says, For the upright shall dwell in the land, talking about God's land, that eternal land, mm-hmm. and the perfect shall remain in it. But the wicked shall be cut off from the earth, and the transgressors shall be rooted out of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And he said to me, You are not a better judge than God or wiser than the Most High. Verse 20, 
Let many perish who are now living, rather than that the law of God, which is set before them, be disregarded. Yep. For God strictly commanded those who came into the world. This is now. This I found very interesting, Miss Capel. Mm-hmm. This section here. For God strictly commanded those who came into the world. That's you and me, and that's our neighbors. Mm-hmm. That's our parents. That's our siblings. That's our coworkers. Everybody that has come into this plane, this world, this system that was born. Right of a woman, mm-hmm. right? God has strictly commanded them already. He, stri- he strictly commanded them when they came in what they should do to live and what they should observe to avoid punishment. Mm. And when I first read that, I went, "Well, how 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 did that happen?" You know, mm-hmm. and I and, and I'm going to get to you and, I'm, and I'll tell you what how that happened. But I just find it interesting that it's written down. In such a manner that is saying they are without excuse. Mm. You probably know what scripture I'm going to go to, huh? Romans? Yeah, just by me saying they're without excuse, right? Mm -hmm. Because it says, for God strictly commanded those who came into the world. When they came, that they what they need to do to live and what they should do to, to avoid punishment. Right, so sometimes you think, well, they haven't heard the gospel. I got to go evangelize the world. They haven't heard the gospel. Well, they have, mm-hmm. and I'm going to get to that. But it says, nevertheless, they were not obedient, mm-hmm. and they spoke against him. They devised for themselves vain thoughts, and proposed to themselves wicked frauds. Mm-hmm. Wicked frauds. Think about transgenderism and homosexuality and all that stuff. It's a fraud. They even declared that the Most High does not exist. Mm. Really? Yeah, the atheism? fool says the fool says there is no God, right? Yep. And they ignored his ways. Mm. They scorned his law and denied his covenants. These are the people that have come to the earth that God has clearly told them. What, how, how to obtain eternal life. And this is what they've done. All the stuff they've done. They scorned his law and they denied his covenants. They have been unfaithful to his statutes and have not performed his works. Well, when I read that, I went, holy moly, that sounds just like what Paul wrote in Romans 1, 8 through 25. Yep. It's a little long, but it's worth reading to you. Definitely. Especially, keep in mind what I just read. That God said, no one is without excuse. When you came into this world, when your mom came into this world, when your when your coworker came into this world, when the President of the United States came into this world, God told them and showed them how to obtain life and not perish. But instead of doing that, they spoke evil against God. They they uh, denied that he even existed. They they proposed wicked frauds. Mm-hmm. They ignored him. They scorned the law. They denied covenants. They've been unfaithful to all all the yeah. So here's what Paul writes: For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. What does that mean? Revealed. It's Maybe. shown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's shown. It's it's revealed. 
The wrath of God is, is, is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Right, that, right there, Paul is telling you, God has revealed from heaven what's going to happen to ungodly and unrighteous people who hold the truth in unrighteousness. What does that mean? They, they heard the truth. They know it's the truth, but they hold it unrighteously. Mm. They, they, they fraud it. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. Mm -hmm. It's revealed in them. For and you go, how is that? For God hath showed it unto them. What? That's just what Ezra, that's what we just read in Ezra. 400 years before Paul wrote this, hmm. Ezra says the same thing. For God has showed it unto them. How, 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 how did God show it unto them? In a vision, in a dream? No. For the invisible things of him, of God, from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Mm. Instead of the false science that people believe in, instead of all this nonsense that we've been lied to in our, in our education system and our, our governments and all these lies, we need to look at the creation that God has made and you can see him mm -hmm. and it draws you to him. Just like my atheist neighbor told me one time, when mm -hmm. he was on the farm, yeah. he would look up in the sky when it was pitch black and he'd see all those stars and he would say, mm -hmm. some intelligent being had to create that. Right, that's right. And he's an atheist today. Mm -hmm. But there was a time in his past where nature clearly revealed God made manifest to him. You get it? Mm -hmm. The creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Even to the point of his eternal power on Godhead. You can see that through the things that are made by him. So that they are without excuse. They have no excuse. What did Ezra say? Ezra said, everybody that comes through this world is told. Mm. See, so if you believe the lie that we're just on a spinning ball revolving around the sun billions of years away, you see how that takes away from God's creation? That God has created the earth and he cares about it and he's looking down, he sits upon the circle of the earth, and he looks down on his creation. He wants it to be redeemed. All of those lies take away from the majesty of God. And it's purposely created so that people are blinded by the God of this world, mm -hmm. and they cannot clearly see God manifested in the things which he created. That's right. Because like Ezra says, they propose to themselves wicked frauds mm. by saying the earth is not on four foundations or that God controls the hail, the snow, the wind, and the rain. Yeah. 
So they are without excuse. There's no excuse. They're not going to get up there on judgment day and go, we didn't know. No one told us. Because that when they knew God, just like my neighbor said, at one point he looked up to the stars and said, there has to be a God, but he's an atheist now. Mm, He's an atheist now. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. See, somewhere along the line, my neighbor got some science at him and he decided that couldn't be. Mm. There had to be a big bang theory. There had to be a black hole. Let's listen to the lies. So they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. Mm -hmm. They weren't thankful for what God did, but became vain in their imaginations. Yeah, they invent black holes and big bangs and evolution and monkeys. And their foolish heart was darkened. When your heart gets dark, it gets dark. And professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Just like Stephen Hawking has now realized what a fool he was. Mm -hmm. And they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. You see, we all came from monkeys. We came from four-footed beasts. We came from birds. We came from fish. Not from the incorruptible God. That's what they're saying. They became fools. Wherefore, God... Now, here's what happens. God gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. That's why you got LGBT... Q, you've got intergender, you've got transgender, you've got women thinking they're men, men trying to have babies, you've got, this is why. Mm-hmm. Because those people changed the truth of God. What has Ezra said? They, they def- wicked frauds. They even declared the most high doesn't exist. They, mm-hmm. they scorn the law. Unfaithful. Yeah. So God gives them up to uncleanness. They dishonor their own bodies and they change the truth of God into a lie. They hold the truth in unrighteousness, Paul says, right? Mm -hmm. And worshiped and served the creature, which is themselves, it's the human, more than the creator, who is blessed forever, amen. Amen. And that's a sermon right there. (laughs) Yeah, it is. You hear anything to add to that one? No. And then the angel says, therefore, Ezra, empty things are for the empty and full things are for the full. Mm-hmm. Like right. Galatians says that uh, God, don't be deceived because God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, this will he also reap for the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Empty things are for empty and full things are for the full. Mm -hmm. And you know what also reminds me of the parable that Jesus told of the talents Mm -hmm. and how he gave the talents to so many servants. And um, 
the wise servants invested it. So when he came back, because they knew he was he reaped where he didn't sow, and you know he was he was a hard guy, strict businessman. And that when Jesus when they come, when Jesus comes back with his angels in judgment, he's going to be that hard guy. Mm-hmm. The, the compassion's over with. It, it, I don't know how many people understand that. It's we we this this is why it's a probation period. God is compassionate. He he wishes no man will perish. Now that, is the day for salvation. Today's the day of salvation. Choose ye who you're going to serve. Because when 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 judgment comes, it's over. He's not going to like. Well, okay. Well, they are kind of you know, you know. I know they were Catholic, and you know they they. But they're my pagans, right? It's mm-hmm. not. It's not. That's not it. This is hardcore, man. That's why we're here to work it out. So we don't have to go through that. We have. We get. We have to find our eternal life. Mm-hmm. See. But it reminds me of 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 that parable, you know. It, it, so the the master goes away. He's a hard guy. He he, he reaps where he hasn't sown and all that stuff. And uh, so there's there's this unfaithful servant. You know, he takes the talents and he just buries it. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't he doesn't work out his own salvation. Mm-mm. He doesn't do anything. He just hides it. Like oh well, I don't want to ignore it. And so when the master comes back, he is really, really mad. And so he, whatever that guy had, he orders his, his other people, take it from him and give it to the people who already have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because empty things are for empty and full things are for the full. Yep. Yeah. And we're going to stop there because next, the next segment is heavy. Because it starts talking about Messiah. And in verse 26, it says, For behold, the time will come when the signs which I have foretold to you will come to pass, Mm. that the city which is now not seen shall appear. What is that? Your four-square city, your heavenly, the bride, coming down as the bride of Christ, Mm -hmm. the new Jerusalem, the city, Zion, not built with hands. The city which is now not seen shall appear. And the land which is hidden shall be disclosed. What is that? Zion, our heavenly our heavenly home. Yep, those are the unseen things, the eternal things that we are to be looking for. That we have hope for, yes. Mm-hmm. And everyone who has been delivered from the evils that I have foretold shall see my wonders. Huh. And he says, for my son, the Messiah shall be revealed Mm. and those who are with him and those who remain shall rejoice 400 years. And I'm going to stop right there because it gets heavier Mm -hmm. next week when we continue in Ezra. I'm just going to read John 3, 17 through 21. Yes, ma'am. For God did not send the son into the world to judge the world but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the judgment, that the light has come into the world and men love dark, the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates light, the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. Mm. 
My goodness. Yeah, especially where it says um, they've already been judged. Mm-hmm. <laughs> already been judged. Done deal. Uh, yeah, it's it's this is really the kingdom of heaven is is serious serious stuff. Um, real Christianity, real biblical Christianity is is really 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 serious stuff to to take very seriously and uh, so so much of our cultural christianity that's all it is it's just a it's a culture uh, it's just like catholicism or mormonism or something you know they, they go to church because it's their religion it's their culture um it the the finding god and finding real relationship with god is is a whole different thing but it's the only thing that's real. The other stuff's not real. The other stuff is is the deception mm-hmm. to keep you from finding the real. See, and Miss Kapow and I were having this discussion just the other day uh, how difficult it is for people. And when I say this, I was I was one of those people also, and so was she, who considered themselves okay. I even considered myself a Christian. While practicing shamanic, well, it was witchcraft. It was, mm-hmm. I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't say I was a witch or anything like that, but you know, I'm, I'm carrying in my pocket um, a medicine bundle. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's dirt from my father's grave. There is a um, square and compass Masonic pin because I was a third degree master mason. I carried that in there. There was a tooth from a coyote. Um, I don't know what else was in there. <laughs> you yeah, know, I don't remember. It was a medicine bundle, right? I mean, this is just one of the things I did. And when I went to work and when I had to do an interview or when I had to uh, do something hard or difficult or deal with superiors, I would place my hand on this medicine bundle for power. Mm-hmm. But if you were to ask me if I was a Christian, I would say, yeah, I'm a Christian. I was born and raised in church. I had a degree in biblical studies at that time. But I, I, I practiced shamanic things. So the, some of the hardest people to reach are those who think they're safe mm-hmm. because they're religious. Yeah. When you have somebody who's uh, in the gutter with a needle sticking out of their arm uh, about to die and they've reached that place of rock bottom... They know they need a savior. They, mm-hmm. they know they need a savior. But the, the self-righteous, the religious person, they don't think they need a savior. They think they're okay. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the hardest ones. And th- that's what's going to be difficult on that day when the Lord says, depart from me. Get away from me. I, I never knew you. You mm-hmm. did all this stuff based on my name and all that I never asked you to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know who you are because you never had correct relationship with me. You, you, you never worked out your own salvation on this probation period. You never saw the glory of God that I revealed to you through the things that were created. Wow. Yeah, that's heavy. Don't want to be that guy. No. Mm-mm. I don't want to be that guy. So that's it, Ms. Bell. Okie dokie. Okie dokie, cow pokey.
talk to you uh, next week. Ciao, babies. I yelled and I screamed. Nearly spoke things obscene. All just to get your attention on me. I whispered in your ears. I use love, I use fear. All just to get you. And for the life of me, I just can't figure out